Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and president of the Anglican Internet Church, Inc. This new series is part of our celebration of the second decade of the AIC on the web. These Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer are based upon the appointed psalm reading in Psalms and Lessons for the Christian Year on pages X to XLI in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, primarily using the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. The second or third pairings of Psalms and Lessons are all used only where necessary to avoid repeated reading of the same psalm during the series. Other variations from these general guidelines are pointed out in individual podcasts. Each podcast homily in this series includes a reading of the full text of the appointed psalm or psalms, followed by commentary on key words, phrases, or concepts. Special attention is paid to examples of the study discipline of Christology, which looks for pre-incarnation appearances of or references to Christ in the Old Testament. Since Jesus quoted so often from it in the Gospel accounts, the book of Psalms is often called Christ's Prayer Book. Each of these podcast homilies includes summary commentary on the first and second lessons appointed in the lectionary. Listeners to these podcast homilies are strongly encouraged to visit my Father Ron's blog page on the AIC website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, The page is accessible using tabs at the top and bottom of each page. For this podcast, I have posted an illustration of Psalm 112 from the Bohun Psalter and Hours. Details concerning the source are included in the blog posting. Two further points of technical interest before I proceed to the psalm text. First, since many of the images are derived from the Vulgate Bible, I take this opportunity to explain the differences in numbering between the Vulgate translation and the English BCP system. In the Vulgate version, based on Jerome's 4th century translation, which became the official Bible of the Roman Catholic Church in the 16th century, Psalm 8 and Psalm 9 are a single psalm. The effect is that in the Vulgate, all the psalms from Psalm 10 to Psalm 150 are therefore off by one number. For example, Psalm 112 and Psalm 113 in today's reading from the Book of Common Prayer are Psalms 111 and 112 in the Vulgate version. The second issue presented here for those listeners who are not familiar with Anglican worship, is that the texts of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer are not the same as either the Vulgate or the Psalm text in the King James Version. The Book of Common Prayer translation, used since the first English prayer book in 1549, is derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539, the first official Bible in English which was commissioned by the Church of England. By the time the King James Version, commonly abbreviated KJV, was published in 1611, using a new translation based on the Hebrew Masoretic text, Coverdale's translation from 1539 was so well accepted and familiar to the English people who had heard it read in services for over 70 years that the prayer book's editors retained the Coverdale text. All other scripture texts in the Book of Common Prayer uses the KJV text.
Coverdale provided a helpful transition between the two systems by including the opening words of each psalm in Vulgate Latin before the first verse of the psalm. These still appear in this manner in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Psalter and are helpful in comparing the Vulgate and the BCP texts. For more on the season of Epiphany, including its history and how it is celebrated in the Anglican worship tradition, I invite you to watch our seasonal video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, presented in three episodes. Podcast versions of the video series are linked from the podcast archive page. The psalm readings appointed for fifth Sunday after Epiphany are Psalm 112 and Psalm 113. Psalm 112 is a ten-verse psalm traditionally attributed to King David. Its first words in Vulgate Latin are beatus vir. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. He hath great delight in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the faithful shall be blessed. Riches and plenteousness shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the godly there ariseth up light in the darkness. He is merciful, loving, and righteous. A good man is merciful and lendeth, and will guide his words with discretion. For he shall never be moved, and the righteous shall be had in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of any evil tidings, for his heart standeth fast and believeth in the Lord. His heart is established and will not shrink until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed abroad and given to the poor, and his righteousness remaineth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The ungodly shall see it, and it shall grieve him. He shall gnash his teeth and consume away, and the desire of the ungodly shall perish." Where the King James and the New King James Version of Psalm 112 begin with Praise ye the Lord or Praise the Lord, respectively, the Psalter Version begins with a simple definition of blessed. Blessed is the man who feareth the Lord, with the title in small capital letters, which as noted earlier in the series as a substitute for the Hebrew tetragrammaton for the unspeakable name of God, as Y-H-W-H. This translation of verse 1 follows logically from the Psalter text of the first words in the last verse of Psalm 111, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Nearly the same words are found in the St. Andrew's Academy Septuagint text of Ecclesiasticus 1 verse 18, which reads, the root of wisdom is to fear the Lord. In the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, Ecclesiasticus is known as the Book of Jesus, Son of Sirach, and is one of the second canon of the Old Testament. And for more on that, see the Articles of Religion section, page 604 in the Book of Common Prayer. Psalm 112 is another psalm that follows the guidance of Psalm 1, in which the people of the world are separated into two categories, the righteous and the ungodly. In verse 7, we are told that the righteous will not be afraid of, quote, evil tidings. The light that arises from the darkness, in verse 4, is Christ in his incarnation. His heart established, in verse 8a, is used in Hebrews 13, 9, which refers to faithfulness to established doctrine. 
Psalm 113 is a short eight-verse psalm also attributed to David, and its opening words in Vulgate Latin are laudate puri. Praise the Lord, ye servants. O praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. The Lord's name is praised from the rising up of the sun unto the going down of the same. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God, that hath his dwelling so high, and yet humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and earth? He taketh up the simple out of the dust, and lifteth the poor out of the mire, that he may set him with the princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, and to be a joyful mother of children. Psalm 118 is the first of the six Hallel Psalms, beginning with Psalm 118, which begin or end with Hallelujah in Hebrew, praise or praise the Lord in English. And you can hear more about that in any commentary concerning Psalms 111 and 112. These are the Psalms of praise to God for the deliverance of the Israelites from their Egyptian captivity. The KJV version begins and ends with Praise Ye the Lord. The Hallel Psalms are still sung by the Jews at Passover. Some traditional scholars believe that these are the Psalms that are referred to in the Gospels of Mark in Mark 14 verse 26 and St. Matthew in Matthew 26:30, which describe Jesus and the disciples after the Last Supper on Monday Thursday singing hymns before going out onto the Mount of Olives. See the commentary on Psalm 118, said to be the greatest of the Hallel Psalms. The psalm is a sustained song of praise in which the psalmist offers a list of the reasons for praise. In the Eastern Orthodox Church tradition, the priest ends the Eucharistic liturgy with Psalm 113, verse 2, Blessed be the name of the Lord. These words are another example of the people blessing their Creator and Lord in the Psalter. In verse 3, the phrase from the rising up of the sun unto the going down of the same is a variant of Psalm 50, verse 1b. Some Protestant scholars interpret verse 8, he maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children, as comparable to two Old Testament songs, the song of Hannah from 1 Samuel 2, verses 5 and 8, and the Magnificat, the Blessed Virgin Mary's song of praise in Luke 1, verses 46 to 55. A 19th century Anglican scholar, John James Stuart Perron, wrote that verse 8 is a bridge between the two songs. Others have seen verse 8 as an allusion to the birth of John the Baptist from his previously infertile mother, Elizabeth which is recorded in the Gospels only in St. Luke's account in Luke 1.7. In Luke 2, verses 36 and 37, addressed to Mary and recalling the experience of her cousin Elizabeth, the archangel Gabriel further records that, quote, with God, nothing will be impossible. For an extended account of the variations in the meaning and application of the words blessed be, blessed is, Blessed are in the Psalms, see part three, blessed is the man, dot, 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 
on pages 31 to 61 in the AIC Bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality, an Anglican Perspective. For a more detailed discussion of the theological meaning of fear of the Lord, see the Fear of the Lord entries on pages 76 to 77 in another AIC Bookstore publication, Layman's Lexicon, or the shorter Fear entry on pages 82 to 83 in the Beliefs of the Anglican Church from the AIC Bookstore. St. Luke's account mentioned earlier is quoted, discussed, and illustrated in two AIC bookstore publications, The Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated in Chapter 1, and Christmas, the Nativity of Our Lord in Scripture, Art, and Christian Tradition in Chapter 2. The first lesson for Fifth Sunday after Epiphany is Habakkuk 1.12-2.4 and 9 to 14, in which in the first section the prophet refers to the Holy One of Israel, interpreted by Christians as a prophetic reference to Jesus Christ in the second group of verses, another prophetic verse, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The second lesson is Luke 12, 35 to 48, Luke's long-form account of the parable of the faithful servant and the evil servant, which is discussed and illustrated in the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated in chapter 12. The prophet Habakkuk is the subject of part 3, chapter 8, pages 95 to 98 in our bookstore publication, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. The Collect for Fifth Sunday After Epiphany is another composition by Archbishop Cranmer inspired by the Gregorian Sacramentary. The prayer adds the church and the church community itself to the list of those for which prayers are desired in preparation for the coming of final judgment. O Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy church and household continually in thy true religion, that they who do lean upon the hope of thy heavenly grace may evermore be defended by thy mighty power through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.